Welcome everyone, you're listening to Wise Wink with Sherwood's podcast series where we discuss themes and topics within English law. Today, we have three lovely ladies discussing investing in the UK and how to get into the UK if you wish to live here. We're honoured to be joined by Jenny Judd and NG Larimer from London Capital and our very own Keziah Daly, who is an immigration specialist. In this episode, we focus particularly on women investing and hope to provide you with the information that you may need. Now, I, like many others, I'm sure, have seen how empowered women have become and how and are becoming. And investing is just another way in which women can maximise their wealth and security, stepping out into an arena that for many years have been mainly utilised by men. The information we provide should be equally encouraging, however, for anyone looking to invest, not just women. So ladies, welcome. Before we start, could you all tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hi. Um, yeah, so um, my name is Keziah Daly and um, I am an immigration specialist here at Winkworth Sherwood. I've been advising high net worth individuals applying for tier one investor visas, um, as well as general entry into the UK for more than 15 years now. Um, and I've definitely seen a, a lot of changes with people looking to enter the UK, um, as well as the rules which apply to those looking to um, invest or set up business or join family here in the UK. So, um, yeah, I've I've been um, advising individuals on the UK and obviously looking at the UK as their home. My name is Indri Lorimer. I'm a director at London Capital in the US Family Office. I'm a charter financial planner and I've been in the industry for about 12 years now. I specialise in strategic planning and organisation of global assets for high and ultra high net worth families. So this is objective based wealth management, getting families and clients really, really clear on what they want in the medium to long term. What's the wealth for and what do they want to achieve with it? And then building bespoke investment portfolios that help meet these needs. Hi, I'm Jenny Judd. I'm a director in the US Family Office at London and Capital. I'm Chartered Financial Planner and also a Fellow of the Personal Finance Society. I've been in wealth management for around 20 years now. Most of that time in roles helping clients to achieve their financial objectives and helping them to create tax-efficient investment strategies to suit them as an individual or as a family. Great, thank you. So, citizenship by investment seems to be incredibly popular. Why do you think this is? Citizenship by investment has definitely become a lot more popular over the years. Um, I would say that in an increasingly global um, yet uncertain world that we live in, investing for second residency and citizenship has definitely seen a surge in demand. Um, you have you know, different countries offering different residency um, and citizenship routes. And you have obviously the West Indies, you've got the Caribbean, you've got Europe, like Malta, Cyprus, etc. And then you have the UK. Um, but I think for a lot of individuals, um, the acquisition of residency, um, immigration and citizenship through investment has definitely been um, an option for many people. And sometimes it looks quite expensive and looks like a difficult option. However, there are definite 
benefits in investing in um, a second residency or citizenship um, because that can give you access to more than 80 countries worldwide um, and there are just lots of options in doing that and if you are somebody who is looking to you know um, live in other jurisdictions then it's definitely worth looking at investing um, in countries for that ease of movement um, but the UK definitely is an attractive country to invest in um, and it would definitely be something for someone to consider if they are thinking about obtaining a second residency and subsequently citizenship when they become eligible. What do you think makes the UK an attractive place to invest? If you can get over the sometimes gloomy winters, um, yeah, there are a list of reasons. So we have a very large, strong, oversized economy. I believe the UK is the 80th most populated country in the world, um, yet we have the fifth largest economy in the world. We're the financial centre of the world. We are the highest net exporter of financial services. The fact that we all speak English is great for global commerce. Greenwich Mean Time is a really convenient time zone, which I think is something that is quite often overlooked. You know, if you're in London, you can speak to or do business with pretty much anyone in the world within your waking hours when you're on Greenwich Mean Time. Um, and it seems something that can seem a bit trivial, but actually in order to stay connected, which in the current climate is more important than ever, I think that's something that shouldn't really be underlooked. Um, we've got good, strong corporate governance. So where you're having to invest in UK listed companies, this is really, really key for the underlying security of your investments as well. So yeah, I think, you know, we might not have the best food. And like I said, the weather's not always great. But I think all these reasons definitely outweigh that. Okay, so if someone was interested in investing in the UK, how would they go about doing that? If you are a high net worth individual and you are looking to move to the UK, then the best option would be to apply for the Tier 1 Investor Visa. Um, this route is basically um, designed for individuals who have a minimum of £2 million to invest in the UK in either share capital or loan capital in an active and trading UK registered company. There are other options, accelerated routes to settlement. So if you invested two million, um, you would be able to settle after five years. If you um, invested five million, then you can apply for settlement after three years. And if you invest at least 10 million or more, you can look at settling in the UK after two years. Now, the Tier 1 Investor route um, basically is a route whereby you have to show that you have money under your control, held in a regulated financial institution and disposable in the UK. And as I said, it can amount to not less than £2 million. Um, You must be able to demonstrate the availability of the funds. It must provide proof that you have held that funds for a two-year period of time or in the alternative, demonstrate how you obtain those funds. You also have to open an account with a UK reg regulated bank for the purposes of investing not less than two 
million pounds. Now, we often get asked if money can be relied upon, for example, a spouse or a partner, etc. Now, you can rely on money belonging to your spouse, partner or unmarried partner, provided that you provide documentary evidence of your relationship and a declaration from your spouse or partner that they will permit you, um, well, well, basically that they will permit all joint or personal money used to be under your control in the UK, um, known as a gift of beneficial ownership of the money. Um, in addition, you have to also obtain a letter from a legal advisor confirming the validity of the declaration. Now, you have to be over the age of 18, um, and as I said, you have to prove that the money amounting to not less than £2 million belongs to either yourself or, or a partner. Um, and you have to show that the money is held in one or more regulated financial institutions disposable in the UK and have, have, been, and have been held for a consecutive period of two years. Jenny, in your experience, do you find a lot of people investing for the purpose of securing a tier one visa? And if so, what and how can they invest to meet the requirements? Obviously, it depends on the client circumstances. And the one thing we know is that rules are always changing. So as we know, the individual must have at least two million to invest. And this must be invested in active and trading UK companies. The rules governing how to invest have changed more recently, moving away from the more traditional route of bonds and now more focused on UK equities. Of course, both can create challenges. So with a switch to equities, it's more real investing rather than building a gilt portfolio. The onus is on the investment house to ensure it's suitable for the family and to ensure that the family appreciate the risks. It's also important, alongside the quarterly valuation, to consider having a buffer as the two million on its own might not be enough. So there should be a buffer to cover costs and market movements. Also, what we've found by looking after a number of international families is that people manage their affairs globally. And that's actually in line with how we manage people's finances generally. So we're well placed to help these families. The rules are complex. So it's vital the applicant and their wealth manager fully understand the investment requirements. Kaziah, next question's for you. Do you find that a lot of women take advantage of this route? In my experience, um, I previously I would say that most of my female investors were not the main investors still. So a lot of them used to um, pose as the main applicants so that their husbands or partners um, would <clears throat> benefit from the um, ability to be absent from the UK for um, more than six months. Um, but now that's changed and now um, you are not able to be out of the UK for six months, whether you're the main applicant or a dependent. So since that's changed... Um, I've not seen so many females take up the opportunity to invest in the UK for the purposes of residency or citizenship. Um, however, I have definitely had more inquiries of late, and I guess that's probably due to women becoming more successful and more wealthy, or um, 
you know, they, they see the opportunity of sending their children to good schools, etc. And as I said earlier, the option to have a second residency is becoming more and more attractive um, to people. And that goes for women as well. Okay, so following on from what Kaziah said, have you seen a growth in women investing? And if so, why do you think this is? Have I seen a growth in women investing? Um, I think I've been quite fortunate in my career in that I've always had quite a solid core of female clients. Um, you know, generally there are more men with wealth than women, but I wouldn't say there is as big a disparity, at least in my personal experience, as might be perceived. Um, so I can't say I've seen a massive growth per se. I think the perception is that um, women tend to get their money from divorce or death of a spouse. Um, but my experience has been that it's not exclusively like that. Generally, anyone, man or woman, obtains wealth through earnings, business sale, death or divorce. I know a lot of very wealthy women who have earned their way to the top, sold a business, um, of course, some have made their money through divorce and you tend to get more female widows than men because you know it's a biological fact that women tend to live longer um but I wouldn't say there's a growth per se and I think women specifically should consider the UK as a place to invest because whilst you know as a nation we still have quite a long way to go to achieving true gender equality it's important to recognize where we've done quite well i think for full-time employees our gender pay gap has now reduced to 8.9 percent which you know it's not perfect but for under 40s it's almost close to zero and i believe that we are doing the best in comparison to other English-speaking developed nations. So there's that, you know, and if the under-40s are close to zero, I think we can look to see that change quite significantly over time. So from an investment point of view, for women, that's definitely something to bear in mind. And also, we have very strong gender discrimination legislation, which has been in place for quite a while now. And I believe our gender discrimination legislation is stronger and more detailed and has been interpreted not only to the letter, but to the spirit as well in our courts, um, which is something to bear in mind, too. So, yeah, I do think whilst there might not have been a significant growth in female investors from my experience personally, I think that's because in my whole career, we've been doing okay in that area, in that we do have quite a lot of wealthy, self-made women in the UK. And if there are women out there thinking about why they should invest in the UK, you need to look at things like our gender pay gap, our discrimination legislation, you know, and even a quick Google will show you lots of very successful, self-made um, female entrepreneurs. Kaziah, you've helped many women and men secure investor visas. Is there anything that could go wrong? Um, I've definitely helped quite a few women and men secure visas to enter the UK. And um, in most instances, when they come to me from the start, 
um, the process tends to be quite smooth because they can advise them um, to contact very reputable um, uh, wealth managers, wealth advisors, investment managers um, to ensure that they invest in the right um, portfolio and to which actually meets the home office requirements. However, I have had clients who did not come to me uh, for their initial application, but for their extension. And that's where I've seen a lot of problems arise. Um, so, for example, I had a client, an amazing young lady, and she had three children. And she had um, invested initially two million and subsequently three million. But unfortunately, um, the advisors, the solicitors who had advised her at the time, introduced her to um, a, a, a company or a, um, a business who was primarily focused in construction, which is a property-related um, company, which is actually prohibited in the rules. You cannot invest in um, anything to do with property um, where you are buying properties, letting, renting, these types of things. Um, and unfortunately, the company definitely involved itself primarily with property transactions. Um, but more so, the company hadn't been properly um, established. So when she'd invested the two million into the business, the account hadn't been properly opened. And so that the bank actually rejected the funds. And so um, there is actually a requirement to invest the funds within three months of arriving into the UK. But what that meant is that she didn't actually invest the money in the time permitted for her to do so. And so when it came to extend, we realised, oh my gosh, you know, actually the investment didn't happen until, you know, six or seven months after she had arrived. Um, and that the initial company that she had planned to invest in in the first place didn't, again, meet the requirements. And um, thankfully, she did, um, you know, subsequently instruct an amazing financial advisor who was able to properly invest her funds. So we were we had to liaise with the Home Office to sort of explain the circumstances, explain that she had literally been misguided um, and that she was a bit of a victim, I would say. And there was a certain level of vulnerability as well as a female, a lone female um, and so, you know, thankfully we were able to get her settlement actually because she subsequently invested three million, which meant that she had invested five by the time that she um, was eligible to apply for settlement. Um, but you have to be so careful about how you invest, who you trust, and probably get a second opinion if you can. I mean, I work quite closely with great companies um, and organisations like Capital in London or London Capital, rather, um, and um, other organisations where they are experienced in advising tier one investors, making sure that they meet the home office requirements and that we all work together as a team to ensure that the clients get the best service um, that they they need. Um, so it's, it's really important that you do get that advice, you do have that conversation. And I'm, I'm happy to say that um, London and Capital, they do offer that conversation um, to discuss, uh, you know, what you're looking for, how you're looking to do it. And the same for myself, like I will have that conversation with an individual. What is your ultimate goal? 
Is it that you just want to be in the UK for a short term? Do you have children? Is it a long term plan? What money do you have? Um, is it, is, you know, do you only have two million? You know, do you already have an established business in your country of origin? Because there are lots of other options to come to the UK, but the tier one investor route is definitely the, the most straightforward and easiest. You don't have to prove your ability to speak English um, either, which obviously you have to do in other other um, routes into the UK. So definitely worth having that conversation before you think about coming as a tier one investor and maybe have a conversation with one or two more people to make sure that you have the right advice, that you get the right advice. Um, because what you don't want to do if your long-term plan is to settle is when you come to extend or come to settle, you realise actually you didn't meet the requirements of the rules. So Jenny, I got to ask you, clearly there are ways in which a person can make errors with their visa application, but in the event that everything goes well and a person enters the UK successfully and they have three months to invest, what would you say are the best types of investments and is risk a good thing? And lastly, we are unfortunately seeing changes in the market due to various reasons where value of shares have fallen and people have lost money. If you're considering investing, how do you think risk can best be managed? I think it's important that we look at the bigger picture for investors. For example, if someone has 10 million and in order to get citizenship, they need to invest two of that, so two million pounds. We need to think about their situation as a whole, thinking about their wealth as a whole and taking into account that overall wealth in our advice. We know that for the two million invested, a certain level of investment risk will be taken to comply with the rules. But for that client with the overall wealth of 10 million, we could have the two million in equities and then de-risk the other eight million to ensure it makes sense for their overall strategy and their risk profile as a whole. Taking all of the boxes and keeping the risk level correct for them as an individual. We don't want to increase the risk a person is comfortable taking to get the visa. It all needs to fit into the bigger picture for the client and for their family. So by considering their wealth as a whole, their overall investment risk for their wealth could in fact stay the same or it could reduce by us managing the money. So we're not just considering the measure of risk taken with the two million in isolation. We should actually be considering all of their assets and manage the risk appropriately for their entire wealth. Great, thank you ladies. The UK is clearly a great place to invest, a great place for women also, especially families, as the UK not only has great markets and businesses to invest in, the lifestyle is equally attractive with great schools, universities, places to shop, visit, dine, multicultural environment to make life ever more, I guess, rich and interesting. With the investments of two, five or ten million, the UK could be your home within three months and settlement can come as early as two years with citizenship attainable in about five to six years, I believe. So if you are thinking of investing in the UK, then of course you can reach out to London and Capital for independent advice or to Wingwood Sherwood, us, to discuss a tier one investor visa route. The email mark, the email is 
marketing at wslaw.co.uk if you have any questions or if you want to reach out to us you can always find us on twitter linkedin and as always thank you for listening